My name is Ashton. I'm grateful uh, to have the opportunity to preach today uh, in our Generation Sunday that we're having this Sunday, hosted by the youth family, youth and family. Um, I'm really honored to serve the teens, and I'm honored to serve alongside of them as well. Um, and before I say anything, I just want to let the teens know something. I really value you. I think I believe in you. I think you guys are special. Um, and I want to let you know that your value is not in your talents, your attendance, um, anything like that. Your, your, your value is not in whether or not you got baptized, uh, whether you started studying the Bible. Your value is, is in you right now. I see you where you're at right now, and I believe in you, and I think you're special where you are. Um, also, I, you are a really valued and important part of our community. And we feel that way about you. Like, I'm saying this, I'm up here, but I know many people in this room feel that way about you and will echo the words that I'm saying. And if I hope that we can just be consistent in our words and actions and showing you that so that you really feel that every day. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so a generation, generations span about 20 years, give or take. Some people say as many as 50, as little as 15. And a generation is a group of people who share a similar age, location, they grew up in similar social conditions, values, and experiences. So much can change from generation to generation. And people in the same generation kind of share unique experiences and memories in life. For example, you may remember certain pieces of technology if you grew up in a certain generation. I don't want to single anybody out today. There's going to be a lot of young and more mature and just, just get it out the way. Get the feels out the way. We all gonna feel old today, including myself. But um, certain generations, remember, I, my parents are in their early 70s. They can tell me kind of hearing broadcasts over the radio. They, could, they tell me about black and white TVs, which some people might have grown up with. You might remember the transition from black and white to color. And the transition from color, I don't know what uh, definition that was, but high definition after that. And the TVs, went from this to now they can, you know, pop out of the, there's all sorts of stuff going on, right? Phones are a huge, a huge way. Even just the way we communicate in general. Uh, my parents were long distance and communicated via letter initially, right? So the, the mail and then email or landlines and then cell phones. And for some reason, cell phones went from like, big to small to big again and then i don't know what they're doing now <laughs> you went from maybe using a calling card to using whatsapp right over generation we can kind of see different changes depending on your generation you remember where you were when pivotal moments in history happened like when the first man landed on the moon or the Berlin Wall fell, or 9-11, or the election of the first black president, or the COVID-19 
crisis, which some of us are like, we don't, we don't, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Depending on your generation, you know, from generation to generation, there's change. Uh, technology that was re once revolutionary, one day can be obsolete the next. Moments that are shared end up forgotten by the next generation, and certain ideas don't last. God is consistent and faithful through generations. God's power is made known through the history of time. In the beginning, God created us with his words. In, we have actually some dates here. It's a little far away. I tried to get some estimates, but you know, it's history, right? Right, we have in Exodus examples of God delivering his people across the Red Sea. God rescuing Daniel from the furnace and then from the lion's den. God protecting his people in the book of Esther from sure extermination. God sending his son, Jesus, as a savior. God resurrecting his son and showing power over death. And even today, God turning lives around every day in people in this room. God has been more than able, he is more than able, and he will always be able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. He always loves, always protects. God is so great, and his greatness is evident through generations. Here's what David says in Psalm 145. Psalm 145, starting in verse 3, it reads, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord... Who's the go? And this conversation is always really tricky because it really, most of the time, ends up being about what generation you're from, right? So I know for me, I'm a basketball guy. 
the arguments about the LeBron and the Kobe and, the, and, and Michael Jordan and Kareem, it really ends up being split by age. We try to bring in stats, we try to bring in championships and all these different things, and it's just a generational thing, right? It happens in music as well. I might have sw switched to, wait, oh, there we oh, yes, right there, there we go, right? I listen to music, people argue about who's the greatest rapper of all time. That's a generational conversation. Or maybe for you, it's like, no, there's a definite answer. There's a for sure answer. Some people are nodding like, no, this is not a debate, Ashton. I don't know why you would, why? Some of those people don't deserve to be on the screen. Like that's how, that's how passionate we get about this, right? It's a generational thing. God is not a generational thing. He is the greatest of all time. He is the creator of all time. He is the God of all time. And he's just as good. His word is just as effective. And I wonder uh, though, sometimes, you know, with culture that changes so much, we start to think that God is outdated. We think uh, the Bible needs an iOS update and not the app, the book. But that's not true. God's power is always at 100%. God's word is not lacking because I can't keep up with the newest culture update. So don't get the message and our methods confused. Our methods definitely need some updates, especially if we're trying to reach the next generation. But the message is the message. And it's not a generational thing. I empathize with you if you felt that way, though. But we have to confront that for our sake and also the sake of someone else. Because here's the thing, as great as God is, and his name being great throughout generations, he actually asked us to be a part of making sure that his name is known to the next generation. He wants to partner with us in that task. And we have a few scriptures up here that talks about it. It talks about asking the older generation to, when you have questions about God, it talks about the command that we have to impress the commands that we learn, the teachings we learn on our children. God partners with us to make his name great across generations. So how is your intergenerational evangelism going? Do you have meaningful relationships with someone who is in a different generation than you? Who are you mentoring? Who are you learning from? Are you passing down faith? Are you sharing your faith with the younger generation? You know, I, I wanna lift up the congregation here because I think the reason that, um, you know, Des and I have been talking about this being so emotional is that we see uh, the heart of the church in, in New Jersey. I've only been here for four years and I see that there's a heart and a mindset to really um, pass the faith on to the next generation. This group cares about the next generation. And I actually want to, amen. I actually want, I want to um, kind of do something to ask people to stand. I don't want to single anybody out, but I, I want us to see what's happening in this room. If you've ever served in any of our youth ministries, so children's ministry, preteen ministry, young teen ministry, teen ministry, if you come to camp, if you study the Bible with the teen, volunteered, can you please stand up? At any point in time, you don't have to be doing it now. They're like, I'm not a teen worker anymore. 
This is amazing. This is amazing. I just want to applaud you. I want to lift you up. Wow. Wow. Amen. You guys can be seated. That's like almost all of our church. Like our entire church stood up pretty much just now. That's amazing. You know, I want to, um, I, I am not a team. <laughs> and, um, but I work with the teens. And as I'm trying to learn to pass down the baton of faith, um, there's things that I've been learning about um, what's important as I go about that. And I wanted to share a few of those uh, with you uh, today. Uh, so here's, here's the first one when it talks about passing down uh, the baton of faith. The first thing is focus on the finish line. Focus on the finish line. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, here's what Paul says. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul talks about discipline, the intentionality, and the resilience that it takes to finish the race. I'm inspired by Paul's emphasis on finishing. It's all throughout the Bible. It's not just about starting our Christian life, but finishing it, making it to the finish line. Starting is a good goal. Finishing is the ultimate goal. Lasting faith is the ultimate goal. When we're passing down faith to the next generation, we want to emphasize on passing down a lasting faith. Emphasize on things that are going to help people have long-term life with God, long-term discipleship right? Sometimes we want to do things quickly. We rather tell someone to do, walk down. It requires more work. It, it, it's, it, it takes getting people baptized and then still having a plan running with them as they go cross the starting line. And even though, you know, their road to the finish line might be difficult, you're with them. Focusing on the finish line also means having an eternal perspective on your life with God. You know, if you've been here for a minute, you know that people drop out of the race. You know someone who has stopped running the race. Maybe you've helped uh, maybe you really hoped you, someone would kind of be alongside of you on your race, and they decided to, to pause for a moment. There's disappointment, there's hurt, there's grief, even for the person that you hope would maybe give God a chance and even start their race in the beginning. I want you to remember that it's about the finish line. Maybe they didn't get baptized before they graduated high school or college or before they got married or before they had kids or before they moved out of the house. And sometimes we create these windows when people need to start. And I get that, but the window for God to work is not 
based off of ministry or age or these milestones in life, their window is their entire life. And it's all about making it to the end. So believe that God can do it and do not give up. Amen? Amen. Second thing, passing down the baton means having a faith that is not fake. A faith that is not fake. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Here's the thing. Young people are really good at catching something that's fake. Like, like anything that's fake. Like sneakers that are fake. People that are fake. There's this um, trend of people making real life objects as like cakes. So on the left, that looks like um, Charmin, specifically Charmin, toilet paper, but it's cake. Now, I'm not good at catching that, but most of our teens are good at catching that. They're like, oh, no, I've seen stuff like this before, came across my TikTok, all this stuff, right? They're good at catching things that are fake. Um, fake and, and kind of catching things that are fake and real um, is something that's in our culture now. Um, in the midst of a culture that has a lot of fake news and deep fakes and AI this and AI that, we don't want our church community to lack authenticity, right? Authenticity is actually the word of the year, according to Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary. The word of the year. Authenticity, to be authentic, means to not be fake or an imitation. But the second one is what resonates with me. It says, true to one's own personality, spirit, or character. Uh, hypocrisy hurts. It hurts people in church. And when we have these different versions of ourselves, a church you, a home you, a work you, a social media you, different character, different convictions, a different Christian in different settings, that's being fake. And I hear so many messages to teens that tell teens they got to be the same person, the same person at home and the same person at school. We need that message too. Watch what you do and what you say. Do what you can to have those align. Your progress, your continued effort, your perseverance in this will get you to the finish line and help someone else get to the finish line of their race as well. And it does say persevere in this, not be perfect in this. Persevere in this. It is a high calling, but we need to release ourselves of this pressure that we kind of create in our mind that we need to be perfect. That your perfect example is what's gonna help our kids or our youth. It's not about that. We don't have to be perfect. Parents, you do not have to be perfect. You do not have to be perfect. I'll take that. <laughs> Um, God's power is made perfect in your imperfection. His power is what is going to help someone start their race and finish their race. We need to be authentic with each other. Owning all the good, all the bad, all the ugly about you is actually freeing. Because you didn't save you, God saved you. And you don't need to be perfect. 
Now I want to do kind of make a sidebar because I think people in my generation and the younger generation are also quick to call things fake. Or, or like sometimes particularly critical. Because people are trying to be in a space where they can share their weakness and share their temptations and their struggles, or sometimes they're going to be inconsistent. Sometimes they're not going to be doing well. And we're quick to kind of say, oh, that, that person is not real. That person is, is kind of switching up their fake. That, that doesn't help create that space for us to be authentic with each other, right? If we're quick to call someone or something fake, we're quick to judge someone based off of them being inconsistent, the realness you want and that you're expecting, you're pushing away because of your lack of patience, because you're so quick to judge and to point other people out. And it creates an environment that doesn't invite that. So be curious before you're critical. Be patient. Give someone the benefit of the doubt once in a while and help contribute to an atmosphere where people can be authentic. Do not fake your faith. Last thing, build on a firm foundation. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. For everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand the rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Our firm foundation is Jesus. Jesus, building on Jesus, building on Jesus' teachings is what produces lasting faith. You know, um, we read this book, Sticky Faith, as a youth and family ministry, and, and with the, the parents as well for some devotionals, uh, I think earlier uh, this year or last year. And the group that does research on faith lasting in people from like kind of youth to young adulthood and, and moving on, they gather all, all this data and they interview graduating seniors and they ask graduating seniors to define what it means to be a Christian. 35% of these seniors, these hundreds of kids took the survey across the country, did not use or mention Jesus at all in their definition of a Christian. Not at all. So what does it mean to be a Christian? And in no mention of Christ. So Jesus needs to be at the center of our teaching and our lives, right? And I think what we're, when we're kind of working with, with youth or, or kind of talking to people in a different generation, uh, sometimes we think I gotta come up with stuff that's like uh, catchy, talk about all these different topics and stuff like that. And we ignore the gospel. The simplicity of Jesus's message and the power in that simplicity. You know, Christians are always around this time of year talking about putting Christ back in Christmas, right? These cultural Christians are complaining about, oh, happy holidays, it's Merry Christmas, right? The religion that is Christianity is having a hard time putting Christ back in Christianity. They're making it about a lot of other things, a lot of behaviors, a lot of sin management, a lot of political stuff, and it has nothing to do with Jesus. It doesn't even happen on purpose. It's very easy to happen. We can accidentally communicate to people seeking to learn about God 
that they need to consider all these other things more than Christ. Jesus died for our sins. He made us flawed. He made us who are flawed people flawless before God. He resurrected and he has raised us to a new life in him. And we will see him one day and he loves you. That's the message of, of God. That's the message of Christianity. And we need to be people who build our life on that firm foundation and also encourage others to build their life on that foundation as well. Because when hard times come and they will, he will be, make a, will be able to make us stand. You know, the future of the church is ultimately in the hands of God, right? We stand if we hold to Jesus' teachings, if we put it into practice, and, but Jesus is going to lead the next generation. He, we help, but he does the heavy lifting. Jesus is leading the next generation now. So let's run this race together and let's pass the baton. <laughs> you could, I don't know if you want to do it, but you could just put it down somewhere. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Garden State Church. It's great to see everyone here today. Um, our first scripture will be in Psalms 23, so you guys can start turning there now while I introduce myself. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Daniel John Louis, and I'm a teen. My parents are James and Francia John Louis. And I've been a Christian for more than a year now after getting baptized on August 14th, 2022. Which is actually seven days away from my birthday. So. so as a child, my grandma encouraged me to memorize a scripture when I was around eight or nine. And to this day, that scripture has become one of my favorite. And my grandma and aunts have become a great influence in my life. And they're actually here today. So shout out to all the grandmas and aunts here. <laughs> all right, so let's read Psalms 23, verses one through four. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This scripture should remind us all that God is with us and we have nothing to fear. Even during our darkest of times or scariest of moments, God is there comforting us. And knowing that God is there has given me the confidence to continue running my race and continue uh, pursuing the Christian life. So in today's society, there are a lot of temptations in music, social media, school, online, and many other forms that I'm sure I have not have thought of. But God gives us the Bible to keep us along the right paths. And it's also smart to think about the fact that these modern tools can also be used for good. For example, God gives us 
online sermons and videos through people. He also gives us godly music to listen to, which allows us to keep our focus on God. I personally learned a lot from online sermons, been inspired by godly songs, and have been motivated by scriptures on TikTok and YouTube. <laughs> At school, something that is aggravating to me is when I put in the effort to study for a test and I see my classmates cheating. So I'm sure many of you guys have experienced that before. And, and I as well, sometimes I may feel the urge to glance at somebody's paper or to peek at someone's paper, but, but I know that God is with me and by trusting in God and putting in the work, I'll receive a lot more satisfaction. But even if I did want to cheat, I can't see people's papers anyway, because God has blessed me with wonderful eyesight that makes me wear glasses. So. But once I receive a good grade on a test and I put in the work and I trust it in God, it just it builds my conviction, it builds my faith. So. And another thing is, if you cheat on small matters, that will end up to you cheating on bigger matters in life. <laughs> Which is true for all sins. All right, so now I'm gonna share some of my convictions with you, church. So I do not curse. I feed my spirit because I know my flesh is exposed to worldliness on the daily. And I know that I'm not the only one with this conviction here. I know that many of the adults, many of the teens here in this church also have these same convictions. Listening to Christian music and Christian rap alternatives helps me filter some of what goes into my ears as well. Shout out Caleb Gordon. <laughs> I'm far from perfect though. As a Christian, I also sin, but thank God for Jesus who washes away my sins. Thank you for all the people who said amen. Can I get an amen, church? <laughs> what is important as a Christian is how you respond to God's love and grace. Does it call you to repent and strive to be better? Or do you give up and continue to repeat that sin? So can everyone turn to Proverbs 24, verse 16? All right. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. One of the examples of the perseverance stated in the scripture, I see through my sister's determination in gymnastics. My sister has done gymnastics ever since she was five, and it's amazing to see how great she has become at gymnastics as I've grown up. She does moves that I could have never even thought of. Like, let me tell you, as she's been doing gymnastics, I've watched her do some crazy moves. For example, one of the moves is called round off, back handspring, layout, full twist. <laughs> that is a mouthful. <laughs> However, with her complex skills, there's also comes risk. My sister breaks at least one bone every year, and she sprains and fractures a bunch of other body parts. Even so, she continues to do gymnastics and actually has two titles a state champion, one in 22, one in 2023. <laughs> and two state records as well. 
So shout out Isabel. And I don't, if that's not perseverance, then I don't know what is. So. When I started studying the Bible, I needed to have the same perseverance and not let fears such as not knowing enough if I would remain a Christian or what I would give up by accepting this role stop me from taking that step. Fortunately, a Christian life is not a mystery like the SAT or the ACT. It just simply requires trust in God, humility on our parts, and a willingness to follow the word. Life as a Christian is eternal. So if sin was like the ink in a marker, don't let it bleed into your eternity. Being a Christian is a lifelong experience, a learning experience. So don't hesitate to take that step because you are not perfect, no one is, and tomorrow's not promised. Becoming a Christian should not be seen as a job, it should be seen as an opportunity, an opportunity to get to know the creator of the universe. But take a second to just think about that. The fact that we get to know the creator of this universe, the one who has created everything that you love. God has helped me more times than I can even count. From answering my simple prayers like, God, please give me an extra hour of sleep today, <laughs> to allowing me to speak to you all today, which is hopefully something that resonates with you. Your life is greater than just you by becoming a Christian. You will help more people than just yourself. And I know I definitely have. God has blessed me to grow up in this church with all of you. My mom and my dad have set a great example for me and my sister on how to avoid worldliness and respecting others. And as a teen, sometimes my friends and I mess with each other, but I always remember that I have a limit because God is counting on my light to shine in the darkness. I know that I'm not the only one who does this. My boys and I have an accountability group chat where we help each other do our best for God. Shout out to Darius and John John. <laughs> yeah. But I remember having many questions as I studied the Bible. So it was great to have reliable mentors and my friends there to give me multiple perspectives from both adults and teens. As modern society continues to develop in this world, we will be tempted to be influenced and to waver in our convictions, which makes having strong convictions that much more important and people in our lives to help us run our race and the gratitude that God chose us out of the darkness. So thank you to you all for listening. I hope that everyone has a fantastic day and either starts or continues to run the race. Thanks to all the teens who set up this service. I'll be praying for you all. Please keep me in your prayers too. To God be the glory. <laughs>